Refine Sunday. Um, if your first thought is, okay, Jay, what is Refine Sunday? You're probably not alone. This is our first time to have a Refine Sunday. This was a thought that, put, that was put out back in 2019, but then something happened in 2020 that kind of changed some plans, right? And so we were, we were not able to have one last fall. So here in 2021, we're having our first Refine Sunday. And simply what it is, is it's the fourth emphasis Sunday in our calendar year. You know, we start off the year, we have our, our first one for 2022 in charge here in just, uh, just a few weeks from now in January. And then we go from charge to focus weekend where we have a focused emphasis on something that can help us. Last year was uh, mental health and mental awareness like that. And we've got a special one coming up later on this spring as well. And then August, September, we have a weekend called Harvest Weekend, a time where we really want to challenge um, our members to go out and to bring everybody and anyone from our community and our homes, our workplaces, our schools, to be there together, to come and to hear lessons grounded in God's Word, to grow them closer to the kingdom. And then we come to this Sunday, a Sunday that's called Refine Sunday for a simple purpose, and that's to... It's designed to evaluate and calibrate ourselves to the mission God has identified for His church. And you can see this on your bulletin. This is accomplished through special lessons presented by our ministers that reflect on what our congregation accomplished for the Lord in the current year and introduce the, th and introduce the theme for the coming year. And really what this is is simply just a two-step plan. We want to look back. First and foremost, we want to look back and see, okay, how did we do in 2021 as a congregation, as the Buford Church of Christ? We set some goals, we had a theme, and how did we do? Did we accomplish those? Did we miss the mark here and there? Are we truly looking like the first century church in every way possible? So let's evaluate. Let's see what our goal was and let's see how we did. And that's what our, our, goal, our goal is going to be this morning in Bible class, is simply that, is to look back and see what our goal was and see how we did. And then this morning in worship, we're going to have Kyle come up, and his lesson is going to be challenging us to look forward. Okay, so this is what we did in 2021, but now we're just a few weeks away from 2022. And so what can we do to better look like the first century church, to, to, to work like them, to strive like them, and to find success like they did? And I'm excited for that lesson too. But this morning, the first thing we have to do is just take a moment to pause and to make sure we're all on the same page is just to stop for a second and to look back at the projects that we were working on together all through 2021 and see if we're working together. If the goals that you have are the same goals that I have, the goals from this side of the congregation, that side of the congregation, from the youngest to the oldest, are we working with the same set of rules? Are we working towards a common goal? Are we using the same language of love as well? It's important to pause and reflect. It, it, it's really important to take a moment just to stop and to make sure we're all on the same page. NASA would encourage that uh, as well. Back in 1999, in September, NASA found themselves on a pretty important day. Ooh, that is, that's not NASA. That's, um, okay. That, that's Kyle's sermon. Whoops. Sorry, Kyle. Throw your, your big surprise picture away. Um, you can imagine the word NASA behind me, right? An image. You'll see it in a second. Um, so NASA found themselves in the end of uh, September of 1999. On a day they were supposed to be celebrating something, they were actually suffering one of the biggest losses or embarrassments. They're not loss of life, but embarrassments the company ever found themselves on. 
You see, in September 1999, this was a day a Mars atmospheric orbiter was supposed to be landing and circumnavigating around Mars. But they lost it. As it came into Mars and as it, get, as it got closer, it lost itself. And all the software kind of went haywire. And it didn't take long to find out what the problem was. NASA had spent 11 months spending roughly $125 million building this Mars climate orbiter. And there's one simple problem. One team that was working on it had used the software calculated the structuring. They're on two different systems and therefore weren't talking the same language. And unfortunately, I didn't find that out until the orbiter was a couple thousand miles out in space and should be landing and celebrating. Instead, it found itself kind of breaking to pieces over Mars. Before they launched, they didn't just stop and take a moment and reflect. They didn't just pause and say, okay, do we have the same goals? Are we talking the same language? Are we, are we all moving in the same direction, right? And because of that, they kind of crashed and burned, quite literally. So this morning, it's important as a congregation that we do this from time to time, that we just stop and we reflect and we say, are we, are we talking the same language here? Are your goals my goals? Are the things that you're holding yourself, the standard that you're holding yourself to, the, the rules and the image that we're trying to imitate is the same image that I have? So this morning, we stop and we evaluate what our goals were for 2021 and just how we can do better about that. So step one on this Refound Sunday, how do we do in reaching our goals in 2021? Well, to answer that, we have to really look at what our goal was, right? So if you have your Bibles, open up to Luke chapter 10. That's where we're going to find ourselves this morning, primarily. Luke chapter 10. Some crazy stuff going on. Luke chapter 10. To answer that, we've got to look back at what happened in Luke chapter 10 and kind of see where we're going. If you, if you have your Bibles with me, we're going to start in verse 25 and read to, through verse uh, 37. Luke 10, verse 25. And a lawyer stood up and put him, in the, put him to test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, well, What is written in the law? How does it read to you? The lawyer answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. But wishing to justify himself, he said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? And Jesus replied and said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among robbers, and they stripped him and beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. And by chance, a priest was going down on the road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Verse 32. Likewise, a Levite also, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, who was on a journey, came upon him, and when he saw him, he felt compassion. And he up his wounds, pouring oil and wine on them, and he put him on his own, put him on his own beast and brought him on, into an inn and took care of him. On the next day, took out two denarii and gave, him, gave them to the innkeeper and said, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I return, I will repay you. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell into the robber's hands? And he said, The one who showed mercy toward him. And then Jesus said to him, Go 
and do likewise. You see, I think it's important that we start this, this parable of the Good Samaritan back in 20, verse 25, because that's where this story is coming from. The story of the Good Samaritan is actually just an answer to a, to a question a lawyer had to Jesus. They're talking about that and, and what this man must do to be saved. And the lawyer simply asks, okay, Okay, this is, what I, this is what I understand. Back in verse 27, you have to love the Lord with all your heart, with God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and strength. And now your neighbor as yourself. And Christ compliments him and says, yes, exactly. Right? And the lawyer then says, okay, well then who, how do you find, who do you define as my neighbor? You see, for the Jews, they understood loving your neighbor, right? That wasn't a, that wasn't a foreign law to them, a command to them that we wouldn't find in the Old Testament. The Jews also understood and believed that you could hate your enemies. So it was a pretty important line to define, okay, who's my neighbor? Because if you're not my neighbor, then I don't have to love you. And so when, God, when Christ is asking him, okay, what must you do here? He's saying you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor. The obvious next question, the lawyer is thinking, okay, then well, who really is my neighbor? Who is it that I have to love just like I love myself? And that's why Jesus launches into this great, this beautiful explanation of who this neighbor is, right? And we're all familiar with this story. The story of, a, of, a, of, a, of someone leaving Jerusalem, walking down to, to excuse me, walk, leaving Jerusalem, walking to Jericho. It's, it's funny how words can come out a little bit smoother if you slow down and calm down a little bit. This story that we've all grown up hearing about a man that was simply trying to go to Jericho and is walking down a path that is known for being a little dangerous, known for having some robbers and thieves there on the path, and he's walking by himself. He's beaten up by a band of robbers, left for dead, possibly left on his last limb here. And two men by, that, by all accounts, should have stopped, the Levite and the priest, by all accounts, should have seen this man that we, that we can assume as a Jew laying there in desperate need, and they have some excuse in their head, and undoubtedly, and walk away, not feeling any obligation to help this man in need, and just keep on walking. And then we get down to verse 33. But a Samaritan who was on a journey came upon him, and when he saw him, he felt compassion. And I love the genius that Christ that uses here to explain just who the neighbor is to this lawyer. He says the Levite should have saw this man as a, as a neighbor, and he didn't love him. The priest should have saw this man as a neighbor, and he didn't love him. But the Samaritan, of anyone in this context that should have said, you're not my neighbor, he loved him. And I think a modern-day equivalent of this story would be last night, maybe, if you're leaving Atlanta. There was a certain football game played last night, and certain fans left happy, and certain fans left not so happy. And you might see equivalent in saying it, say you were leaving, you were driving down the interstate and there was an Alabama fan broken down on the side of the road and he had the big script A on it, he had the flags and everything. And a Georgia fan stopped and helped them out. That might show just how insane of a situation this is, right? Anyone hearing this story would have been, would have been surprised and appalled by the fact that a Samaritan, of all people, a Samaritan was helping out someone who by all accounts really almost is an enemy. They had it, the only excuse not to love the man that was broken down, hurt, by on the side of the road, right? And yet this is the love that Christ is asking this man to follow. And it's not that he just bandaged his wounds, right? Luke, Luke, 15, Luke, 15, Luke chapter 10, 
The story doesn't end that this good Samaritan didn't just stop there and bandage some wounds and, and give him some coin and say, okay, we, I hope you the best and keep going, right? Well, to me, the best part about Luke chapter 10 is that he did a lot more than just first aid, right? He bandaged his room, he put him on his donkey and brought him all the way to an end. He set him there up, up for days or weeks and says, when I come back, I'll even cover any more charge he has. This is beyond going just the second mile. Going the first mile probably would have been stopping and helping this man. Going the second mile maybe would have been carrying him. At this point, the Good Samaritan is going quite literally miles and miles and miles beyond what's expected here to help someone who's not his neighbor. And that's the point Jesus is trying to get across to this lawyer. The neighbor that you need to love is anyone in your path that needs loving. When it doesn't make sense, that's your neighbor. When it's difficult, that's your neighbor. When it takes a lot out of you, that's your neighbor. And you need to love your neighbor as yourself. That's the message of the Good Samaritan. That anyone that you come across, anyone that comes into your life that needs loving, and that's all of us, right? That's the one that we need to show our love to. There's no acceptable category of people that we don't have to love, right? There's no acceptable situation where we don't have to love the brother or sister on the other side. You're my neighbor and I'm your neighbor. We need to love each other. And that's the level, of, and not just first mile love, but this above and beyond adoration and, and pouring out of service from one to the other. And that's the example that Christ gives the lawyer. Not only does he say this is who you're supposed to love, but he shows them how to love the neighbor in this context. And I believe he gives a little secret here and how this love is possible. Look back at verse 33. And the first mention of the Samaritan who was on a journey came upon him. And when he saw him, look what Luke writes at the bottom of this. Jesus says he felt compassion. The Samaritan quite simply had compassion on the one in need, and he acted on it. And I believe that emotion, that feeling right there, makes all the difference. I'll be honest, I, I, I'm not a cat person at all, and maybe I just lost a lot of you, sorry. I'm allergic to them, so I have a born right not to like them, right? I'm allergic to cats, I don't like them. When I'm out, if I'm at a gas station, a stray cat walks up, there's... My love meter does not move one bit, okay? Maybe that's awful. Um, just being honest this morning, a stray cat, those things, they can take care of themselves. A kitten, maybe I would go, okay, I probably should take that in. You know, maybe I can hand that off to the gas station owner. If I'm at a gas station and a dog walks up, let alone a puppy, if it's a puppy, we have a new animal in our house now. But if it's a dog, the dog is going to have a good meal. It's going to be in the back of my car. We're going to be right. You know, the dog is taken care of. Because I have, for some reason, the way I was built, the way I was raised, I don't really care much for cats, but I love dogs. I'm very passionate about them. And if I see one in need, it's okay, you're coming home with me, right? There, we all have things, we all have situations in life that some just kind of prick our hearts and some others. And in Luke chapter 10, this is simply what's happening. The Levite and priests, they just have no love, they have no, they have no pricking of the heart, they don't have any compassion on a man in need. That's, not, that's just not something that they were in tune with. That's not something they had time for. That's not something that struck a chord in their heart. There's a man dying on the side of the road, and that's just too, you know, tough cookies. You know, I, I got somewhere to be. 
But for some reason, the Samaritan has this magical moment where he's a normal human being. He has compassion on someone else and he stops. And it's that compassion that compels him to serve the other person. And so in 2021, we made it our goal to answer the call down in verse 37. Because at the end of this passage, Christ doesn't just say, and, and, and that's your neighbor, right? He says, go and do likewise. What we understand from this passage is, yes, there's an incredible image of a man that's going above and beyond to, lo to love someone that he doesn't know at all. But the thing we take away from this passage is, passage is that's how Christ expects us to act. We have to love to this level. And that's a lot. Christ is asking to, for us to raise our bar at how we love and who we love. And it's going to take Why this goal right now? Why at the end of 2020 do we just randomly ask ourselves, okay, what do we need in 2021? We need to, to start this whole new ministry called the Go and Do Ministry. And we're going we're gonna to make it our whole focus in 2020. 2021, excuse me. I, Quite simply, I think it's for two reasons. One, coming out of 2020 and the year that it was, we realized, one, there are a lot of people in need. On our road from Jerusalem to Jericho, there are a lot of people in our community and our pews that needed, needed help. And that was the first reason we, we put our attention on going and doing likewise. Because we recognize there's a lot of help. There's a lot of need that needs to be helped with. There's a lot of problems in our community. There's a lot of issues that maybe we can help out with. There's a lot of people that quite simply need to be loved. And we want to be the congregation in Buford and the surrounding cities to do that loving, to do that service. We want to go and do likewise here because there's people on the side of the road that need us. There's people on the side, not only in this community, but in this congregation that need help, that need to be lifted up. And simply we looked inwardly and said, you know what, we could do a better job of doing that. And there's no problem in recognizing that. We looked back 2019, and we looked at 2020, and we said it's been a rough couple of years. And we want to do better. We want to do more for helping other people in our community, in our pews, in the surrounding areas. So we said, okay, Christ, okay, Jesus, we will go and do likewise. And compassion is what we needed. And I hope that throughout this year, that at some moment, some of the, through some of the different projects and, and programs that we had, that your heart was pricked and that something connected and that you were able to, to jump in and kind of get your hands dirty on some of the projects, whatever it may be, and you felt like you, you were able to contribute and you were able to help to some degree and that you yourself were able to help those on the road to Jericho. It had to take compassion. And so my question this morning in a little sidebar is, do you have compassion for other people now? After a year of going and doing, have, is your compassion level raised? Have you seen the need in this community? Have you seen the need in your workplaces, in your schools, in your homes, in your families, wherever it may be? Have you seen the need for compassion, and have you met it? It's going to take compassion to fulfill the job of go and do, and I hope that we have raised our bar in that. This is the method Christ uh, used multiple times. If you look back in Luke chapter 7, in verses 11 through 13, Jesus is quite simply just walking into a city. 
This is not on his agenda that, that day. This is not why he was maybe possibly going to Nain at that moment. But in Luke chapter 7, he's walking near a city. He sees a funeral procession walk by. He sees a grieving mother. He says he, he, was, he was moved by compassion. And right then, that compelled him to raise the dead man right then and give him back to his mother. And then in Matthew chapter 15, verse 32, Christ has been followed by a large group of people at this point for three days, and they ran out of food. They've been listening to him preach for days at this point, and he's moved once again by compassion and compelled to serve them. And then in Matthew chapter 20, he's sitting and he walks by two blind men, and they reach out and they cry out with his, their voice, the Lord have mercy on us. And he says again, he was moved by compassion, and he healed their sight. Jesus felt compassion for others strongly and often, and that led him to serving others in ways he only could. And in 2021, the Beautiful Church of Christ made it our goal and our effort, and in all ways, to be more compassionate and to be more serving to this community. And I hope that you were able to get involved in that. And I hope that you were, you were affected by this, that you were changed for the better by this as well. If you have your Bibles, flip over to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. I just want to kind of paraphrase and look over this chapter, but I want you to be there as well as, so you can see the details and see the, the stories that are unfolding all through, throughout Mark chapter 5. We don't have time to go through all three different stories going on here, but there's an amazing narrative of Christ just going on and healing everyone he meets. The beginning of Mark chapter 5, he quite simply just steps off the boat onto a shore, and there's a demon-possessed man there, right? It's this, it's, it's this intense story of a man named Legion who's been demon-possessed for quite some time, and he's living out in the, in the cemetery. He's, chained, he's got chains kind of hanging off his, his, his wrists and ankles from times people have tried to chain him up. He's not clothed. He's not sounding right. He's not acting right. And he comes charging up to Jesus as soon as he sets foot on the seashore there. It's a difficult situation. This is a man that did not want to be helped. This is a man that others had tried to help and had failed. By all accounts, this man was difficult to deal with. And yet Jesus simply talked to him. Jesus reasoned with him, had a conversation with him. By the end of their conversation, the man is fully clothed and sitting at the feet of Christ like nothing had ever happened. And then Jesus gets up to go and this demon, this formerly demon-possessed man, this formerly very difficult man that needed a lot of help, Jesus, can I come with you? And he says, no, I need you to stay here. So he, Jesus leaves and goes into the city and as he gets into the next city, uh, an official comes up to him and says, My daughter is not well. I need you. I, I have faith. Can you please come to my house? Jairus says, Can you come to my house and help? Because she is on the border of death, life and death, and I need you to be in my home as quickly as possible. And Jesus says, Fine. Okay, great. So they're, they're on the way. He just left healing a very difficult man. Now he's going on to someone's house to heal a, a child that's about to die. And on his way, he feels someone reach out and, and touch the hem of his garment. And he feels some power leave him. It's an interesting topic for another day. And this woman who had an issue of bleeding for quite some time at this point, 
is now standing in front of Jesus. A woman for who for some time now had been outcast because of her issue. Because see, that day and age, any issues of bleeding, you were unclean. could not live with your family, could not be touched. And now this woman who has been deemed, has been cast off from all society, standing in front of the Son of God, and has his full attention. And in a society where women really don't speak that much up in a public arena, Christ says, let's have a conversation right here, right now. I want to hear your story. And he heals someone who's been cast off. But then he's on the move again because Jairus' daughter is not doing well. and She's on the brink of life and death. And he's on the move and he's running back to the house. And as he gets there, he hears the mourners off in the distance. And the official starts weeping. And Christ leaves most of his apostles. He just grabs a couple with him. He, and he kind of, you know, makes his way through the mourners. Some are laughing at him, scoffing at him. That what's he going to do? The, the child is already dead. He's too late. The family is already starting the process of mourning at this point. And Jesus says, just, just give me a second. Down in verse 41, he walks into the room where the deceased child lays. By all accounts, this child has been abandoned at this point. The, the case is far too gone. There's, no one, there's nothing no one could do to help this case out by this point. But Jesus says, I've, I think I can do something. And taking the child by the hand, he said to her, Little girl, I say to you, get up. Mark chapter 5 is one of my favorite chapters in all the Bible because of who Jesus helps. He helps the difficult, the cast off, and the abandoned. Because he had compassion for him. That's what motivated him. I know Christ is all-knowing, so I'm sure he knew the agenda of the day he had when he woke up. But as we read the narrative, it seems like he's just walking into one situation as soon as it wraps up, then there's another situation. And he always takes the time to help the people. Why? Because he felt compassionate. Why did the man stop the road to Jericho when all the others had, had, had just kept on walking? Because he had compassion on them. And that was our goal in 2021, to be compassionate for our community. To go and do, and to serve those that were broken, to serve those that were cast off, and to serve those that had been maybe abandoned by different things in their life. And we have no reason not to get behind this cause we have no reason not to rise to our calling here. Why? Because quite simply, we, me, myself, and you sitting in the pews, we're the broken, right? We're the cast off. We're, we're the abandoned. And Christ helped us. We've been the Luke chapter 10 beaten up man, right? We have felt the compassion of Christ. By all means of the matter, we have been the ones, because of our sin, because of our lives, that we have been left on the side of the road that no one else would help, no one else could touch because we had sin in our lives. And Christ said, no, I think I can do something. And we were broken down by sin. Maybe we've all felt cast off before. Maybe we've all felt abandoned, that our situations were just too far gone and no one or nothing could help us. And Christ said, I've got something. I, I can be there for you. We have felt the compassion of God, and so we ask ourselves in 2021, if we felt the compassion, if we've been the recipient of that blessing and of that love, then surely we can rise to the calling and we can extend that to somebody else.
And I hope you got involved in that. And I hope you got your hands dirty. You got in the trenches and you worked some. Maybe you weren't able to make it to one of the events, but maybe you were able to, to, to work in, in different ways in your homes to, do, to go and do more. Maybe you're able to go and do more in your workplaces, in your schools, or what it may be. I hope you're able to do more. In 2021, we had a lot of efforts that we as a congregation put on. In a moment, I'm going to go through them quickly. We're going to look at some great pictures that, that Ben took. Um, and we're going to be able to look back and say, okay, look at the highlights of 2021. These are the moments where we're able to serve this, we're able to do that, and we're able to do this. But before we get to that, let me say this. The reason this morning I wanted to touch on compassion is because this job is not done in, the, in December, right? This lesson is, is truly looking back to 2021 and looking at our goal and seeing how we did it. And we're going to, look, we're going to evaluate in a second. We're going to look at the things that we did. But the go and do ministry isn't going anywhere. Here in about an hour from now, Kyle's going to be ascending these steps. He's going, to be getting up, he's going to be getting up here. And he's going to be launching us into 2022 in a new theme, in a new purpose, in a new goal. But you know what that doesn't do? I'm excited about that. But you know what that doesn't do? It doesn't take away the go and do ministry. Because that's, an, that's a, a part of our identity that's not going away anytime soon. Why? Because that's a keystone part of who we are from the first century church to here. If you're sitting in one of the pews, you might have one of these red go-and-do-ministry menus in front of you. This is not just a, re a copy of last year's now in red. This is for 2022. So when we're done with our class this morning, I want you to be able to look through it. We have all new dates and all new events going on through here. Some of these you'll see are very similar to the ones we did this year, and that's on purpose. This year we just, got our, we just dipped our feet in sometimes. Some of the events only had a few people show up because it's going to take a year or two to really garner the support and the interest and the reliability from our community that they can come to us. So we're going to keep toiling. We're going to keep striving to do these events to help those that need help. So I wanted to take a moment this morning. I want to talk about the importance of compassion because, church, we need a lot of compassion moving forward. I hope we had it this past year. I hope you're able to feel that prick of heart this past year, but I'm really praying that you'll feel it this coming year. I'm really praying that when we're done this morning, I was about to say when we got to lunch, but we're just going downstairs for lunch today, right? But when we leave this building at some point today, and we go back into our homes, our works tomorrow, our jobs tomorrow, our, our schools tomorrow, that we feel compassion for the people around us. Because the broken, cast off, and abandoned don't always look beat up on the side of the road. The broken, cast off, the abandoned, those that need help often look just like you and me. There's a lot of work to be done in 2022, and I'm excited to do it. Christ has, showed, has shown compassion to me, and therefore I have no excuse not to pour out that love right back to the people around me in my life. If he can help me in my case, then surely I can help people in the little ways that I can. So in 2021, let's look for a second at the, the jobs that we had and the things that we did. I'm going to go over some of these 
details and kind of some of the facts that went with them. Um, the first one that we had was back in February, our health care appreciation. And this is one of the first things when we were kind of planning out 2021 and what the go and do ministry is going to be like. One of the first things that we wanted to do before really figuring out how was we want to thank those that have been serving on the front lines of this pandemic. We want to thank in any way possible our health care workers. We wanted to thank our members, but we really wanted to get it out also and thank all those in our community, in our hospitals, and our doctor offices that we've been seeing as well and thank them. So we put together this, this gift bag appreciation. We thanked our, our healthcare heroes for all the work by assembling and dropping off gift bags for workers. This was kind of led by Brian Strickland and Duke Allen. And uh, this is, like I said, one of the first things we did. And if you'll, you'll kind of see on some of the bags in a second down the front, it said, we appreciate you at the Buford Church of Christ on the front of them. Around 70 of our members showed up uh, to, to help kind of assemble and distribute uh, these bags. When we were done, we filled up the whole stage with all these bags. And for the next few weeks, you might remember, you could come up here and just grab five or six. Some of you might grab two or three boxes and walk away and kind of spread some cheer and some thankfulness. A very simple project, but a catalyst for the whole year that really got kind of the ball moving on this. 1,200 bags were filled with lotions, hand sanitizer, tissues, chapstick, candy, granola bars, mints, and gum. And this is the best part. We had over 30 individuals email, send cards, or directly Facebook messages about how much this meant to them. People that we, we don't, you know them. They're your doctors, your, your specialists. But because of what you did, they contacted the congregation, the building here, and we said, we just want to say thanks. Thank you for thinking of us. And those are all the bags that they were a little logo up front. It looked great. Everybody did a great job. That's the, that's the group that was assembled that morning, maybe missing a few here and there. Behind us and around us, you can kind of tell there's all the bags back through there and stuff like that. It was a great start of the year. The next thing we had coming up was uh, Buford Church of Christ on the go. We kind of we modeled that after something we do with the BYG, BYG on the go, right? Where we kind of, we, we just really, we want to get on the go. We want to go out, we want to help, we want to serve. This was led by Ben Collins. He did a phenomenal job of organizing probably one of the more difficult things of the year when it comes to, okay, where are the people in our community that need help in their homes? Do you have neighbors? Do I have neighbors? Where are the people that are outside of this building that we can go and help? And so we assembled that day. We went and helped some of our members, but as well kind of helped some, uh, some neighbors of our members. And we had a great, do, do, great day doing that. I, I'd like to point out now, because I'm about to be in one of these pictures, Ben picked him, okay? So this is not like, look at this guy working, right? Because um, it's going to be me. Uh, okay, so we've got a great group working out here there. Um, You've got Eric Duncan there just looking like a man working. Um, we're moving some furniture, me not knowing what I'm doing, and then the star of the day, Bob Penulty. And that was one of the blessings of this day. This is, that was one of the blessings of this ministry. This was a multi-generational effort throughout the whole year. 100% of the things that we did, we, ha we could have preschoolers all the way up coming and learning what it means to go and do. And you can see the joy Bob has there, and that was carried on through all of us that day because of what we were able to do. The next thing we had was Buford Cares. We saw, we, this was led by George Reese, and this was a huge thing that he had to lead and did an excellent job. We partnered with the Sugar Hill City Council to prepare the cemetery across from the town hall for Memorial Day weekend and visitors. And this is one of these great events where we were able to serve and maybe not know how this was going to impact those that were going to come visiting, 
the next day, the next weekend, or next two. We got our name out. We got our hands dirty. We were able to spend time together that Saturday just serving our community in a way that we know we don't know how it will pay back dividends. And that doesn't matter because we got to serve other people in the community. We spent the whole day um, cleaning up uh, graves and um, putting rocks out and whatever it may be. Kind of whatever needed to be done in that cemetery we were able to accomplish and great things were accomplished that day. You'll see some, some men working there. We got a lot of ladies out there that day as well. Uh, we had a lot of youngins that day, and that was great. Um, and so, like I said, just a, an effort that everybody could be a part of. And this is probably one of our biggest days when it comes to who was able to show up and kind of show out that day, and what a, a great day it was. The next one that we had was the summer cookout. Um, summer cookout kind of was the culminating effort of a five-day door-knocking campaign. We, knock, we knocked over 1,500 homes in a five-day span. The BYG jumped in on a lot of that, and that's to be commended over there. They did a great job. I'm partial to these guys. But a lot of our members jumped in, too. Y'all did an excellent job of handing out flyers in your homes and your works and places, whatever it may be. And you also jumped in with us when you could during the week and door-knocked and got out there. And because of those efforts, and because of the, the four the foresight of this congregation to have a pavilion down in the facilities that we have, we were able to serve our, our community once again by just getting together and eating lunch, right? That's the, that's the beauty of food that brings all people together, and that's what we did that day. Had over 200 people show up that day. That's some pictures of us door knocking there. And 56, and this was a record, I think, when it comes to hosting a cookout, a you know, you, you change the name, it might be a, a grill out here, a cookout here. This was a record that day when it comes to the amount of visitors we had. Fifty-six people who really had no ties to this congregation besides maybe knowing one person or just we came to the door that night or they saw the flyer or whatever it may be. They live in the, this apartment complex right down the road from here and they saw everybody coming, right? They smelled the good cooking by some of the men and women here. We had 56 visitors show up. He had Bible study set up from that day by just simply getting together and eating a good lunch. That's an easy day of service. What it doesn't show is all the efforts that you as a congregation did, and that's to be commended to, to get those people there. The next one we had going on was BBS, and we had our theme for BBS this year was kind of coincided directly with this, and that was go and do. And Sarah Gunter did a great job, and she had a huge group of people helping with this, and they did an awesome project. And we may take this and kind of run with it every year from here on out when it comes to what go and do means. And that is every year at VBS, we may have some type of service element because it was great to see the kids get involved. We, we wanted to thank some of our first responders, some of our firefighters. And so we had a huge banner and the kids were able to sign it and say thank you and put their hands print on it. And you'll kind of see that there. Um, but they did a great job, and they, we gave them huge gift baskets, right? You know, one firehouse would get one large gift basket, another firehouse would get another one. You can see them kind of working here. And a lot of you, you, uh, you guys were there to that day when we were doing that, and it was a great day. Um, there are some of the firehouses that we got to visit. Some of the families got to come, to, come back and hand those out. Um, I want to do that again this year. And then Kim Collins led our backpack program with a lot of help as well. And I almost... Uh, I didn't want to say names, but I wanted to thank those that led them. But there were a lot of you that showed up to all these events and did a lot, and I want to thank you for that. This served three schools in our community for underprivileged students, Buford Academy, Buford Senior Academy, and Sycamore Elementary. Sycamore, uh, Sycamore, Sycamore um, specifically asked for certain items. And everything they asked for, we gave double of. 
Other schools gave their school supply list, and we again doubled everything they needed. We also doubled the amount of clothes each school asked for. And I'm not bragging that on, on for any reason besides you guys rocked this out of the park. You did an incredible job of showing up that day and, and, and helping out all month long and giving those supplies. We filled 60 backpacks filled to the brim with supplies, clothes, and, we, and then we distributed them later on. Teachers, staff, administrators were emotional seeing our gifts. And again, this was a project a lot of you got involved on in without ever having to show up. And so a lot of you weren't able to come that day and put the backpacks together, but you brought supplies, and we thank you for that too. You were part of the Go and Do Ministry this year. Kind of running through some pictures here. There's the goodie bags. They were great. That's a lot of those that put those together that day. We had the fall festival. We did a, kind of a different format this year. We, you know, we only have just a trunk retreat um, up on top of the parking lot. This year we said, okay, go and do. We're going to expand those uh, borders. We want the whole community to be involved. We're going to have trunk retreat. We're also going to have a fall festival with games and different things. And we want to get people here that are not normally here. And then it rained. It was cold. I know that, okay, because I was in the dunk tank. It was freezing that day. and It was raining. And we thought, oh. No visitors are going to come out in the rain. We've been inviting. We, 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 we've done all this work. We had to move it inside the last moment. 300 people showed up that day. Had 118 guests from the community and eight ongoing Bible studies from this awesome day. Testament to what you were able to do to get people there and for you showing up. And testament to God as well, answering a lot of our prayers. So here's some pictures through there. You can see a lot of the kids having a good time, dressed up real cute. Um, not so cute. Um, again, you know, a lot, a lot of fun was had, right? But we had over 100 visitors come that weekend. Harvest weekend, we had Matt Cook come and, and then deliver on purpose four very simple truth-grounded lessons to where if, if you had never opened up the, your Bible before, if you had just come off the street and never heard of the Bible, you could sit down and you could learn everything you needed to go from where you, need, where you are there to where you need to be in the arms of God. And Matt Cook did an excellent lesson that week. We had a couple meals. We had a fruit night. That was a highlight of my year. We had a dessert night as well. It was a great weekend. We're looking forward to that again this August as we continue to do that as well. Korean Friends Day, just a couple months ago, just about a month, about a month ago now, again, this is a ministry that's just ripe with, with fruits that are being brought in by Mingu. If you've never got a chance to sit down and talk to this minister, you need to take the chance to take him out to lunch and talk to him. His story and what he does day in and day out is inspiring, to say the least. And you can see that by the growing numbers of our, our Korean population that we are finding here, worshiping with us, and, and, and seeing and falling in love with the beauty of God. He does an excellent job. He also had played a lot of games that day. They had a great time. Uh, we were out of town, but Ben was able to go, and he said that it was just a blast, and Mingyu did a great job on all that. That's the whole crowd. You'll see some of you guys there as well. The next time the Korean, uh, Korean members have an event... Go, you will not be disappointed. Okay, they have delicious food. They have an incredible personality. They're so fun to talk to and get to know. Take advantage of the next time they get together. Our winter clothes drive that is still kind of somewhat ongoing at this moment. This is led by Jessica Allen and Sarah Palmer. We collected winter weather clothes to be distributed to those in need, collected hundreds of coats and clothes for the community, and served about 20 people on that day. We got five ongoing Bible studies because of it and plan to continue to distribute these throughout the coming winter months. How amazing is that? We said, we've got some extra coats that we don't need. Some of you went out and bought some coats. You dropped them off. 
five Bible studies. Five Bible studies from this community we didn't have brought in by your efforts and by coats being in the building. What amazing things can be done by simple efforts. And this is a great ministry. This is a great program to show that. Here's some pictures of just the, the plethora of clothes we had that weekend. Um, some of our great workers there. Um, you'll see a lot of those kind of, and we still have some downstairs. If you, have, if you know of anybody in need, talk to Jessica or Sal Palmer or Ben and, and ask them when Ben gets back, right? When ask them, how can I get some coats to people I need them? We've got a lot downstairs that can still be shipped out. Go and do has been great. I hope you've gotten involved. If you've been involved, let me challenge you. See what else you can do this year. See how you can do more this year. Dig deeper. Reach higher. If you weren't able to be involved this year, I hope this has made you, I, I hope this has made you want, wishing you had. Step out and serve this coming year. Feel the compassion that you have for other people. Sometimes simple efforts. It doesn't seem like grabbing some coats, buying a couple packs of pencils, showing up for a door knocking. It's simple things like that. It may, may not seem like it's going far. We may, we may not feel the, the, the payback that moment, but it's there. And I challenge you to dig in in 2022 because go and do, like I said, isn't going anywhere. If anything, we're just ramping up. We know what we're doing a little bit better now. And we've got big plans for 2022. We've got a new theme coming in about a half hour for the, new, for the new year. But Go and Do Ministry is still going to be here, and it still needs all your efforts. And I wanted to say this before I moved on. I'm, I'm almost out of time. Uh, I am way out of time. Um, I want to say thanks to this guy, because I know they're watching at home right now. Ben has done a lot for this ministry. I would, you could almost say this, is, this was his baby before he had this baby. He put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears in this ministry. And he's be, he is to be commended for the work that he did and the level of organizing, all the uh, kind of bringing everybody in. But he's going to need a lot of help in 2022. And I'm saying that because he won't say that right now. I'm just kidding. They're watching right now. And I know we've all been play, praying for Ben and Jency and the birth of Harper that went so well yesterday. We're so happy for them, so excited for them. But 2022 is a year that we need your help to get involved, to look at this list, this menu, that's, what, that's why we call it a menu, we want you to go through and pick off some things that you, you know you can do. Because quite simply, there's people on the road that need us. There's people on the pews that need us. And if you'll find compassion in your hearts and you'll make this ministry a part of your life, you and, here, and uh, Buford as a congregation can do great things in the year 2022. Let's end with a quick prayer. Dear God, we thank you again for this day. Thank you for this time we've had to open up your word, Lord, and, and challenge ourselves to kind of calibrate how we've done. No, Lord, we know that we've done a lot, but there's so much more to be done. We know that in your scripture it says the fields are white with harvest. It just needs workers, Lord. Send us. Help us to be better at going and doing, and let us never feel like we've gone and done. Help us to keep that fire and compassion burning as we want to do more as we grow into this next year. Thank you for being our God. We look forward to worshiping you on high here in a second. Praise your son's name. Amen.